Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. Recently, there's been a great deal of discussion and argument about the economic term recession. Today, we will consider this term and how it may impact saving and investing. Most people, including investors, don't really know what a recession is, but it is commonly viewed as bad, with good reason. The definition of a recession varies depending upon who you ask. Many people define a recession as a decline in GDP, gross domestic product, for two consecutive quarters. This is a simple definition, and it is measurable. We can assign a number to it. GDP, by the way, refers to the value of goods and services produced by an economy. It is important since it reflects to a large degree jobs. To produce goods and services, a business needs employees. When GDP goes up, usually many people are working. When GDP goes down, usually many people lose their jobs. Using this definition, a decline in GDP for two quarters, we would now be in a recession. This description has been commonly used for many years, and you can call it a popular rule of thumb. It is easy to understand, but the current economy is complicated. We have production declining while unemployment is falling. That seems to contradict the rationale defining a recession. Others call a recession a period of declining economic activity, including output, consumer demand, and employment. This definition does not precisely list the time period necessary to call a declining economic activity a recession, but it lists additional measurable factors that must be present to declare a recession present. Advocates for this definition have to admit economic activity is down. They would likely cite supply chain problems as the cause. They could rightly point to unemployment statistics, high employment and low unemployment as a basis for not declaring our economy as recessionary. So who is right? Is this a recession or not? I would argue that the definition doesn't matter. Legally, there is no definition and there are no required actions during a recession, required by law that is. The recession argument is a political one. It's a political debate. One side, Republicans, want to describe the economy as recessionary, as that would be a negative reflection on the current administration. The other side, Democrats, want to say the economy is expanding. Both sides are thinking about the next election and votes. To a degree, both sides have a point. Our concern, however, is for your saving and investing. We know the economy is dealing with a variety of issues and many have no end in sight. 
there are contradictions in the economy. As we said, low unemployment and declining production is unusual, and it is a problem. Normally, declining production is resolved by hiring and adding people to the workforce. Our workforce participation rate is falling. Many people have decided they just don't want to work. We also have rising wages, and that usually solves the issue. But today's rising wages are offset to a degree by the highest inflation rate in 41 years. By the way, recessions and inflation are often related to combat inflation, which we will simply define as rising prices. The Federal Reserve raises interest rates to slow the economy, and that often leads to a recession. The impact of a recession is typically job loss. Employers lay off workers because consumers are spending less. Usually, usually that's what happens. Our situation today does not neatly fit into any definition of a recession. So here's what we do know. Clearly, we are in an inflationary time. We also know that the world economy has suffered from supply chain issues. And we know that the world economy has been damaged by the Russia-Ukraine war. We also know that China has designs on Taiwan and wants to control it. That would have a major impact on the world's economy. The world has a number of important geopolitical and economic issues to deal with. And many more may be on the horizon. In my view, the talk and argument about a recession is both complex and simple. I will stay with the simple. Doesn't matter to the average investor and saver. What matters is how you manage your finances and your life. Protection against the recession is to protect your job by doing the best work you can. Demonstrate your value to your employer by doing a great job. So what should you do financially to manage these difficult times? Follow the basic personal financial planning issue that says establish and maintain an emergency fund. We have talked about this a number of times and it is still important. The goal should be to have a fund that covers three to nine months of living expenses. While this is a basic principle, many Americans have no savings at all. According to Bankrate Personal Finance website, the results of a January of 2022 study found that 56% of Americans would be unable to pay an unexpected bill of $1,000 from savings. They would have to borrow if they could, to handle an emergency. The emergency fund is not only important to financial health, it provides peace of mind and confidence that you are prepared for the unexpected. Every good financial advisor suggests having an emergency fund. Remember, this fund must be liquid, meaning you need to be able to access that money without delay. A basic bank account is typically used Another major concern for savers and investors is inflation. As we said, inflation is related to recession, and recession is related to inflation. If you buy food, gas, or just about any other product, you know what inflation is. Simply rising prices, and you know it is here. Inflation may be more manageable to the average person than a recession, and that's in part why I say the definition of a recession doesn't matter. Remember, consumers have their own personal inflation rate. This is due to the fact that people buy different products and have different spending habits and needs. 
someone who drives a distance to work has a different inflation rate than someone who doesn't. At the last measurement date, inflation increased by more than 9%. Some consumers have managed their personal inflation rates by carpooling, buying store brand, uh, store brand products, buying products on sale, and generally using common sense when shopping. From an investing point of view, you can protect yourself from inflation through the purchase of Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, also called TIPS, T-I-P-S. These United States government securities currently yield nearly 10%. The rate TIPS pay is tied to inflation, so you have protection. Inflation goes up, so does the yield. And if inflation goes down, so too the yield goes down. You can buy tips directly from the government through the website, treasurydirect.gov. There are no commissions. Tips can be purchased in maturities, maturities of 5, 10, and 30 years. I suggest going with the five-year maturity. Probably the best way to buy tips is through funds. Exchange-traded funds, such as iShares TIPS Bond ETF. The symbol is TIP. iShares 0 to 5 years TIPS. The symbol is STIP. Vanguard Short-Term Inflation Protected Securities ETF. The symbol VTIP. And Schwab U.S. TIPS ETS, ETF. The symbol is SCHP. There are actively managed mutual funds such as Vanguard Inflation Protected Securities, and the symbol for that is VIPSX, and T. Rowe Price Limited Duration Inflation Focused Bonds, the symbol TRBFX. Although you may pay a commission to buy these funds, they offer a distinct advantage in that they are liquid. Depending on your broker, you may not pay a commission. The point, though, is that these funds can be sold at any time, and that is an advantage. This means they are suitable for emergency funds. You get the advantage of a high return in liquidity. When buying any fund, you should carefully read the fund's prospectus as it describes in detail its goals and rules. We have spoken about I-bonds previously and they remain worthy of consideration for the cautious investor who already has liquid funds. I-bonds, the I stands for inflation. The return is tied to the inflation rate, and it currently pays 9.12%. That rate will be adjusted for existing bonds and newly issued bonds in October. They offer, as we said, protection against inflation. The downside is they cannot be sold during the first year of ownership. If they are sold within the first five years of ownerships of ownership, you will lose three months of interest. So the point is these are not liquid. They are not suitable for emergency funds. They may not be suitable for everyone. They can be purchased at treasurydirect.gov. I-bonds can be an important component of a diversified portfolio. But as we said, they may not be for everyone. You can get more information at treasurydirect.gov. Both TIPS and I-bonds are backed by the United States government. You've got the guarantee of the U.S. government, and that makes them safe 
from default as the government has never defaulted or failed to pay its bonds. And that can give people peace of mind. And it is a way to manage concerns about inflation. And having money saved is a way to manage concerns about inflation, whether it's here now or coming shortly. It helps to have peace of mind and knowing that you have something to fall back upon. Clearly, we live in difficult times. As always, I suggest we live our lives as best we can. And the best way to do this, in my opinion, is to stay calm. It helps you to think clearly, stay thoughtful, think about the things you plan to do before doing them, and be thoughtful for other people. And remember, your purpose, that will provide you with the motivation to deal with difficult times. Thank you for joining us. You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net. Thank you.